Hey Warriors, and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I really hope you had a great week. Mine has been interestingly good and some a little bit kind of frustrating, but so far I will tell you guys that we did get a mortgage loan approval. So we're going to be able to start looking. I don't know when or what we're going to be getting, but we have a realtor recommended by our friend and she has been phenomenal so far working with us and helping us out and getting us connected to the right people that we need to. And it's been really neat to see. Secondly, I love for you guys to pray for my mom yesterday. She had to go to the ER because they believe it was a blockage, but now they're not really certain what it is, but they want that her to keep an eye on it. So they sent her home. Um, so if you guys could pray for her healing, that you pray that if it is blockage, it'd come out. And if it's something else that they'll discover what it is. Um, otherwise, you know, it's a kind of a interesting time here and there. So, uh, thank you for all that you guys have been doing so far. We, I thank all those that have been faithfully still subscribing, um, to anchor and stuff like that. And I, I pray that, you know, I, that you continue to do that it shows that you still support what I'm doing. And I encourage anybody who feels called to do so to do it. Um, it's definitely going to be used to help my wife and I move forward in life. Um, otherwise, you know, thank you for all of you that have connected through uh, the Facebook group who have joined the discord group and the questions and discussions that we've had. It's been really neat and encouraging. So I realized that I probably should kind of do like a part two on the anxiety concept that I talked about a few weeks back. Now I'm calling it this time anxiety, the casting all of my cares. So, so far, you know, we, we, when we talked about anxiety, we had made mention and you know, that, that whole podcast, if you guys haven't listened to it yet, you should probably listen to it before you listen to this one, because it's kind of, I'm not going to go into detail of what I've talked about before, more talk about kind of the questions or at least the things that probably came up after that point that would be important to talk about a little bit. Now, I realized the one thing that I didn't really probably clarify, and I thought maybe I did, but when I said letting go to give it to God does not mean that you're going to forget what has happened to you. So I want you guys to understand what I mean by letting go doesn't mean that suddenly like that's just all gone and it doesn't exist and it never happened. Okay. What it means by letting go is that there's a problem where anxiety, when you don't let go and you don't give it to God, it goes somewhere. Okay. So if you don't give it to him, you're going to hold on to it. And if you're holding on to it and you get more anxiety, you're going to keep stuffing the anxiety back into this like cup or pot or can or bottle, however you want to look at it. And it's going to keep filling up and keep filling up. It's going to keep filling up until it can't fill anymore. And even if you put a cork on top of it, trying to keep it from popping out, it's still going to eventually pop. So the idea of letting go means you're willing to take what you've been trying to stole store away or stole away into these bottles, boxes, or whatever, you're willing to throw them all out, put it before the Lord and say, please, Lord, take it. Now, it does not mean that suddenly now, boom, you don't like you forgot all about that. It's just gone. It's never going to be there. I could tell you this, you know, the bullyingness that happened to me had its effect on me, but it also has given me a 
insight to pay attention to people who have probably been bullied too and and see how it's also distorted their thinking towards other people now a lot of times uh distrust is created um a negative view on what love is a negative view on what friendship is a negative view how to communicate with people and if you were hurt by the opposite sex in some way it's going to affect how you treat the opposite sex if you were hurt by the same sex um it's going to affect how you relate to them and so struggles come from it there's even I would even say that there is even lifestyles that come from it when you don't follow Christ because of that hurt is so much engraved into you. It has basically consumed you. And so, so instead of seeing how God is doing something through it or using it eventually or helping you get through that valley, that hurt, that pain, that struggle, instead you, you've stuck with it. You've made it a part of who you are. And that's something you have to be really careful about because that's what's going to cause you to kind of allow that to control you versus following God. And also it creates fear and anger and resentment. It, it starts actually creating the excuses that you probably have and why you don't do something or why you don't want to do this or that or the, even the choices for why you picked the job you picked or why you went to school, or why you don't participate in events and activities, or why you don't hang out with a certain type of people, or why you don't serve, or why you don't minister, or why you don't listen to God telling you to do something and you don't do it because you're afraid. You're afraid of being hurt again. You're afraid of being misunderstood. You're afraid of being abused. You, like All that comes back, and if you haven't noticed that, go back and think about it for a moment. Why haven't you done something that you've kind of felt the Holy Spirit pushing you to do, but you didn't do it? And because of my bullying, I struggled with speaking in front of people. Because I'd rather be invisible than be noticed. Now, as I grew up, I used the excuse, well... You know, I don't, I'm just not that type of person. I'm not a type A person. I'm not a type of person who can stand in front of people. But instead, what it really was, was hiding behind that hurt. It doesn't mean I'm suddenly now good at it. Because I can tell you this, it's still nerve wracking to be able to speak in front of people. And I'm sure a little of it is because of that past still kind of anchors into my mind a bit and starts trying to fester at it, which is why going to first Peter five Starting at verse 6, it's going to be very vital to understand what's going on. It states, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion. Looking for anyone he can devour, resist him firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you suffered a little while. To him be dominion forever. Amen. You see, <clears throat> we go through these struggles 
And guess who's going to be right around the corner trying to keep you stuck to them? You know, the scriptures use the devil. Scriptures, use, you know, that's Satan. That could be his demons. He's prowling around like a roaring lion. So in other words, he's looking to find people to devour, to control, to change their minds. Remember, we talked about that not too long ago. To cause them to only see what they can see in front of them. Because if he can create the doubt into our minds, then we start questioning who God is, which then also allows us to put that anxiety on us to hold it because who else can handle it but me because God doesn't really care about me, does he? See, the, those are the words that the enemy is going to start putting in your head. Now, why would God care about someone like me? I'm a nobody. Why would God care about me? I was abused. Why would God care about me when I was an addict? Why, did, why would God care about me? I'm bad at school. Why would God care? Like you start doing that because the enemy knows that doubt, that's the only thing he has to do is get you to doubt. Because if you go back all the way to Adam and Eve, he put doubt in Eve's mind. Did he really say that? Don't you want to know what he knows? Maybe he doesn't want you to know that. You see, it's a control game. And we think, yeah, but that was back then. But guess what? He does that today with you. You see, our hurts and pains are there. Our battles are there. Casting them aside into the Lord's hands doesn't mean that they are forgotten. You're going to have those scars. You're going to have reminders. There's going to be moments that you're going to be like, oh, wow. You know, that reminds me back then. That's okay. If they don't consume you, then they don't control you. I see and hear too many people these days that almost like they live in the past too much. It's okay to feel sorry and sad for people we've lost. It's okay to feel sorry and sad for things that have happened in the past. You know, and you see someone else going through it. It's okay to have that compassion. It's okay to feel that sadness in the heart from them. But when you are allowing that to consume you, that you almost live in sorrow and sadness, anger, hurt, and pain. That's not of God. That is not what we're supposed to be doing. You see, when I think of... First uh, Peter 5, 6 through 11. I also think about if you guys are Star Trek fans or Star Wars fans, you know about shields and you know about reflectors. You see, when we are weak in the faith, we have the shield of faith, right? But when we're weak, what happens? That shield is weak. It suddenly doesn't cover all the angles and you're not moving as quick as you were before. Because that's weak or it's like you've become weak. So now the shield is not as strong because it's not blocking everything. And because you're not keeping your defenses up, now your other armor pieces are getting bombarded. And what happens to the inner self? Well, the mind starts getting changed. The heart starts getting affected. The way we look at life starts changing. 
doubt on the scripture starts coming, doubt in God starts coming, doubt in the Holy Spirit's capability in our life is fading off. You see, like in Star Trek and Star Wars, the deflectors in Star Wars were designed to reflect laser shot. But there's limitation. Star Trek, you have the shields. There's a limitation. And a lot of times you'll hear them, you know, convert the, the power from blah, blah, blah to the shields. And that creates more shielding. And in Star Wars, especially, you can you can push the reflectors or the shielding to different points of the ship where they're getting hit the most. Right. But then it also leaves other vulnerable spots. And when as the power starts going away, as you do it in your own power, as you try to handle your own anxieties on your own, thinking that's what you're supposed to be doing. Your shields get weaker, your defense gets weaker, and eventually doing it the way the world does it fails. Living on moral, moral works, living off of doing what is good on your own merit, because you think the more I do good, the more God will be pleased, but you've never really committed to Jesus as your follower. Now you're doing it in your own merit. You're doing good because you think you're doing good because that's what you think you're supposed to be doing. It's not because God told you to do it It's because you think you're supposed to be doing it. You know, cause like people, like I said before, there's people like, yeah, but my grandmother was a saint. She was super nice and gentle and cared for people. Yes. But does she know Jesus? Well, no, you know, she, she doesn't know Jesus, but she is such a good person. Why would God not allow her in heaven? Because no one can go before the Father but through me. Jesus Christ said that. You see, it's not about just doing good stuff and being good and being a moral person. Because if you don't know Jesus, you're not going anywhere. You know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is usually what people use all the time. I mean, it's very common, I should say, common verses that people memorize or know or, or, you know, have an understanding. You know, it states, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding in all thy ways. Know him and he will make your way, your paths straight. Sorry, I keep doing the KJV, KJV version. But you go to verse seven, it says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. See, there is a complete thought in this, okay? So you trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means you're willing to give up everything and trust to him. Says, do not rely on your own understanding. There's going to be things that you don't understand. There's going to be moments that you don't understand. There's going to be battles you don't understand. And God doesn't necessarily have to give you a reason for why you're going through it or why that's happening or why that person is going through it. It, he doesn't have to give you that answer. And sometimes we'll may never know the answer to why things happen. But it says to not rely on that understanding. And it says in all your ways, know him. In everything that you do, put him first into it. Every choice that you make, the house you want to buy, the car you want to get, the school you want to go to, the person you want to marry, the person you want to date, how you spend your money, how to tithe, how to save. Everything should be going through him, asking him to guide your every step. That is trusting in him in everything. 
And that includes your past, your hurt, your pains, your struggles, everything. And we talked about not too long ago about thankfulness, right? We're supposed to be thankful in everything, the good and the bad, right? So as we look at the Star Trek, Star Wars perspective, there's a limitation because the limitation is based on man-made systems. Moral thinkings and teachings by man, philosophies and ideologies by man that are supposed to be giving us a somewhat clue into what God has asked of us. When a scripture says straight up, trust in him, give it all to him, and he will make the path straight. He will show which one is the right one. He will show you where you're supposed to go. He will make the direction to get out of temptation. There is not any temptation that you cannot get out of. You choose to stay in it, which then turns into sin. Understand this. And verse seven says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Because remember, one of the things that we count on the most is what we see. Doubt comes because we can't see what's not seen or what's going on in the unseen of what God already knows. So what we see is the doubt that we gain. And because we can't see what God is doing, we start beginning with doubt. Fear the Lord turn away from evil. The two things and reason why to me these two phrases are vitally important and you should remember and memorize and think on this because fear of the Lord is that you respectively honor, humble, trust, obey, and faith God because you know how powerful he is and how amazing he is, how mighty he is. And then it says right after turn away from evil, because you know what the number one place that most guys go to and run to when things get tough is sin. I know it's pretty broad, but you know, there's a lot of different avenues I could think of. First ones is porn, looking at other women to make themselves feel better. Um, they jump into their hobbies, any hobby, way more to hide. They shut down. They don't show emotion. They start being really quiet about their feelings and may even show anger, frustration, hurt, pain in different ways that can also be hurtful to other people because you're hurting and don't know how to let it go. So instead of walking with the Lord, you're basically running from him or hiding from him. You're doing exactly the shame game that Adam and Eve did when he asked, where are you guys? And they didn't say anything. They hid. And there's no shame, but the thing is, the idea is that we hide from God instead of running to God. So we do evil things to feel better when things don't seem to be working out. Because it gives an instant gratification in that moment, and as soon as it's done, you're back to worrying again. So now you jump back into something else because it's a worry that has, that has come again. So you jump into something else to try to break it. And once you're done, worry comes back. And you keep doing it because you never sat there and gave it to God. I want you to think about that as we take a quick break. Welcome back to the second half of the episode. I hope you guys have been having 
good time with this one and thinking about what I'm saying and getting some of that stuff kind of going through your head a little bit. But that's the thing is, guys, I really do think that we struggle a lot when, in, with dealing with problems and battles and struggles that we go through. I do think we hide most of the time. I think a lot of times we use hobbies to do it or we don't talk to other guys about our struggles. We don't talk to the pastor. We don't talk to other godly men. In fact, a lot of times we start looking for ways to get away from those type of people because we want to start feeding that flesh. Because feeding that flesh for the moment feels better than just talking about something that hurts. It's probably where the concept is men shouldn't cry, got men shouldn't have emotion. You know, you scrape your knee, just get up and keep going or put up, you know, pull up those bootstraps and just keep on going. Now, do I think there's times where we need to do that? Yes. Is that for every aspect of our life? No. Should it be all the time? No. Men, our anxiety is there because we've been taking the philosophies of men over what God has taught us. We try to picture Jesus and God as these manly men that had no emotion, never battled, never struggled. And so we think that is what we're supposed to be. Now, I will tell you this, Jesus didn't struggle because he was holy and perfect. So therefore, when he was tempted, he knew exactly what to do. He used God's word and he spoke truth against it. Remember, because Satan tried to tempt him. Now, that does not mean he didn't get tempted. It means that when he was being tempted, he knew how to deal with it. When he was sad, he wasn't sad in the fact that Lazarus had died and he'd never see him again. He was sad because his friend was no longer there on earth. You see, there's a difference. If you think about it, there's a difference in how we should be looking. Yes, you know, when someone dies, it is sad to see them go from here. If they know Jesus, we know where they're going to be at and where we'll be able to see them again. So be sad. Be mournful, be hurt in those moments, but recognize also the joy that they are now with Jesus. Place that we should be longing to be, right? Doesn't mean I think everybody should be praying about dying every day. Of course not. But the idea is that we should be seeking him out on a daily basis, knowing that even though we're still here on earth and we're struggling and we're having a hard time, we have someone we can count on, and that's Jesus. The Holy Spirit is here. We've been given him. He is our guide. He's our comforter. He is there to help us in our walk, to walk with us in how we're supposed to. And if we honestly think that the best answer for all of our issues and our battles is to hold on to it, it's going to mess us up. In fact, they talk about how men, you know, have more heart issues and die earlier. Well, because of stress, why, why do we have a tendency to die before our wives because of stress? Because we don't give it to the Lord. We don't cast all of our cares upon him. We don't lay all of our burdens down at his feet. And any time that I don't know what to do, 
I will cast all my cares upon you. You see, that's a song I remember singing as a kid. And it's a song that keeps coming to my head when I think about this, because how many times do we avoid casting all of our cares upon him? Where is our hope, by the way? Because we stand in favor with him and his hand is doing stuff. He is moving. He is making things happen. And a lot of times we don't see. And I remember back when I was back in Colorado and I was helping my uh, youth pastor friend, who's, you know, my close, one of my closest and best friends I have. Um, I remember him inviting me to this a youth event because I was one of the leaders. He wanted me to come and I went. It was in Kansas City. And I remember, because I've been struggling for so hard for those four, four and a half years of not finding a ministry job. And I was feeling like nothing. I was feeling very worthless. And I remember the Lord saying to me, I am doing something even though you can't see it. Trust me. And that was back in 2014, I believe, maybe 15. And I remember, I remember hearing those words and weeping. And even though that was back then and all the hardship I went through still after that point and the losses I had and the struggles I've had to this point, even now where we're about to church plant, in near future in about a year or so, uh, being able to move up to Hillsborough and, and beginning to build a relationship with people that is always there. And it reminds me that he is doing something. And even when I was struggling, even in Connecticut, when things were just not going anywhere. And it seemed like the enemy was just winning every battle over and over again there that can remember still having even that guy come and telling me, you know, he, I don't even know, like he, he said the Lord wanted him to tell me something and he shared. And I don't know how God's going to do what he said he was going to do because I thought it was going to be in Connecticut, but apparently it's not. Apparently it's going to be here somehow. And his interpretation was clearly thinking he was thinking because we were in Connecticut, it was going to happen there, not knowing that what was going to happen a year later or two years later, two years later, I think. Yeah. That God was going to remove us from there and then take us in another journey two years later. And now we're here and in 2022 is almost over. So now we're sitting here looking at today and going, huh? When God is doing something, sometimes we don't get to see all the pieces that's going on. And that means even through the darkest valleys that we go through, we may not understand what he's trying to do or his plan through it, but he has a plan. And then I'm just like I talked about Thanksgiving episode a couple of weeks ago. What we're not understanding is that what are we taking from the battles that we're going through? How are we learning? Are we asking him to teach us through those battles, no struggles? And that means even in our past, 
Oh Lord, why did I have to get bullied for so long by so many different people? Lord, why did I have to have the anxiety to stand in front of people? Why never have I ever dealt with that growing up? Why was I so angry? You know, why do I struggle with my weight? Why do I have to struggle? You know, we don't ask those questions because we think we're not supposed to. But the thing is, it helps you start breaking down the issues that you might be having. And some of you might be, you know, why did I have to go through A, B, C, D, you know, like whether it was abuse, whether it was, you know, wanting to commit suicide, whether it was addiction, whether it was, you know, my dad leaving me when I was young, whether my mom was leaving me when I was young, or I lost my mom and dad when I was young. Oh, my siblings, I lost a sibling when I was young. Like you can just keep sharing all these different battles that people go through and just keep going and going and going and going. And you could say whatever you want as why did I have to go through all that? But then you got to ask yourself, because if you go back to like Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 is sometimes he's not going to give you the straight up answer. Why? But you can ask. But he may not give you the answer. And sometimes you may have to just say, okay, now, Lord, what do you want me to take from that to learn? And how can I help someone else? Because the key thing I, I have kind of noticed is that the battles that we go through allow us to be able to help other people. Even if their story is different than ours, there is a similarity battle that we have gone through and then the scars that we got from it, and then how we adjusted to be able to change the course of our life so that we didn't allow it to consume us. Because I could tell you this, what happened in Hartford made me very angry. I mean, very angry and very hurt and feel, felt very disrespected. You know, and the, and the ideal for that out there in Hartford in the city was, you know, you're disrespected, you let them know. And a lot of times they meant by fist, you know, like fighting, you know, and I taught my kids now fighting is not the answer. If it happens, it happens and you trust God through it. And I had to remind myself that was something I was teaching my kids that I needed to also do that myself. And as much as I was hurt and I was mistreated, it was for his will, not because they made the decision, but because God use them to make a decision because he was removing me from the problem. So understand that sometimes you need to trust God because he knows what's best. And even if it seems like the situation you're in is not the best situation you're hoping to be in, he still uses it. And even though we didn't go straight to the next thing, God still used the time in between to help other people, to encourage other people, to help us, to help us start healing, help other people start healing, help us to go through our feelings and emotions without putting us into another church where we would just struggle because we would be hurting still. And just keeping that as part of the fire under us instead of him being the fire. Because now we go to Matthew 11 and, and verse 28 it says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
You see, these verses should be a reminder. In fact, if anything this week, guys, memorize these two verses for yourself. And if you can't memorize very well, read these verses every day for yourself, every every day for this past, next week. And make that be a part of your heart and mind. Because the more you read something, the more it gets placed into your heart and the more it sits there. So that when hard times come, you're reminded, come to me all who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. It doesn't say it'll remove the burden. It doesn't say it'll take away the weariness. It says, I will give you rest while you are in burdened or you are weary. Take up my yoke and learn from me. And if you don't know what a yoke is, you can one, look it up, see what it looks like. But a yoke is what they put on bulls and what they carry. So you're taking what he has taught and you've made it part of who you are to move forward with. And it's not light, it's heavy. So in other words, keep moving forward. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So even though that yoke in hindsight feels like it's going to be heavy, it actually turns out to not be. Because this is learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Humble yourself. Because you remember back in 1 Peter, it states right off the top, does it not? Go back to 1 Peter 5, it says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Do you see the connection? Jesus teaching us to be humble. There's a reason for that. And if anything, out of this whole perspective, by taking the anxiety of our past and understanding how it has broken us and, and tore us up and caused us to have anger, anxiety, and resentment, you don't cast it into his hands. You don't cast it before his feet. Don't let go of it. It will hold on to you. And it will feel heavier than anything you can ever carry until it finally shatters. And you won't know what to do because all you'll have is all of that. And all it will do is just spill out everywhere and you will just sit there and you'll feel like nothing. And it'll start affecting your mind, your heart, your physicalness, your spiritualness. It's going to pull you down. And it's going to feel like the armor of God is so heavy that you can't bear it. And then you sit there looking around and say, why, where is God? Why do I feel so alone? And he's just going to stand above you and say, I've, I, I'm right here. Here's my hand. Take it. Why, Lord, why can't I? Not? And your eyes are closed. Your heart is closed. Your mind is closed. Your anger is fueling inside of you so harshly that you're burning yourself from the inside out. And everybody around you who's trying to help you to get back in your feet, you're swatting away. You remember, I mean, if you had kids, remember when your kid is being a pain or they get hurt or they fall down and it's because they did it out of anger and you go to try to help them back up, what do they do? Swat your hand away. And then they go, oh, you don't love me. You don't love me. That's what we do to God all the time. That is the attitude that we have when things are tight, hard, struggling, 
whatever it may be, when our past is just overwhelming us, he tries to reach out to help us get out and we don't want to. We swap his hand away. Swap his hand away. Why, Lord, why am I going through this? And he goes, this, and he tries to help you back, and you swat his hand away. Why, Lord, why, Lord, why does, and then he reaches down at you again, and you swipe his hand away. This is the mentality that we have created for us as men and people, because this is everybody struggles with this. Especially men, we think, no, Lord, I got to handle this. So you put on the yoke and you try to get up and you keep walking, you keep walking. He's like, hey, give it to me, come to me, and I will make it light. No, Lord, I'm a man. I got to carry this myself. I got to keep doing this. I got to keep walking. I got to do this. I got to do. And he's like, dude, cast your cares on me, give it to me, and I will take it and it will become light. No, Lord, I'm a man. And see, we start playing this game, and he's like, that's that's the point. You're not being a man by doing this. You're being stubborn. You're being selfish. You're being angry. You're allowing the fester. Like you're, you're, you want to be in suffering like this. And this is not what he means by the suffering that you're going to be facing. Because he's given us a way to let go so that we don't have to feel the suffering the same way as the world does. This is all part of that concept, like the boots of peace and understanding what peace is. Having peace, having a light burden doesn't mean you're taken out of the problems. It means how do we handle through the problem with God? The Holy Spirit doesn't want us to be locked up by the past, by the hurts by the pains, by the current valleys that we're in. God creates the strongest warriors from the darkest of valleys. That's a quote that I have been using and saying that I created because is the one thing that helps me, reminds me that every time I go through something, it's to make me stronger for him. Stronger myself. I could tell you this, I don't feel stronger but I do feel lighter. I do feel less stressed out. And I do feel like my burdens are given to him more often. I feel like I'm praying more about it. I feel less allowing things to make me sad. I'm trying to work on not being so negative because my wife is always pointing out, you're such a pessimist, stop being a pessimist. And I'm trying to work on that because that has been my identity for so long. It's hard to remove our identities of the world and understanding what God's identity for us should be. You know, I'm supposed to be a stand firm Jesus first. I don't want to be a well-known pastor all over the world. All I want to do is help the people that God puts in my life. And as much as I would like to see warrior within grow, it's only going to grow if he wants it to grow doesn't matter what I want. I don't want the fame. I don't want it to be something where I, I become, get to go on, on TV shows or part. I don't, I don't care about that. I just care if men will just understand that they need to allow God to be the center of their life and that they allow him to lead them and that they can be men who can have emotion, be compassionate and still fierce as a lion. That's all I want. And if they go off and they become famous pastors or leaders for men's groups, 
great. But it's their choice between them and God, and all I could do is just share. The world wants to devour us like a lion. And we have the choice to either allow the lion to devour us, or we can learn to put our hands up, reach out to God, have them pull up, keep moving forward, keep strengthening our armor, keep strengthening us because like, you know, the armors can be heavy in real life and the stronger you are, the more you hold it. But that doesn't mean you do it yourself. It's you're allowing him to give you the strength you need to step up. Because you remember a lot of times in, in scripture is in strength and courage. The strength and courage is believing in God to give us the energy and power to keep moving forward. Because sometimes it's going to feel like you can't. And you have the choice. Do I allow myself to sit on the floor, staring at the ground, wailing, where is God? Or I can look up, reach out, reach to the other men that are trying to help me to stand up, reach out to God, have him give me the energy to stand up and start moving again. And trust me, there'll be times of peace. There'll be times of blessing. There'll be times where you get the rest you need. But don't get too comfortable. Make sure you're always striving to move forward with God. Remember that. Dear my Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you bless the men that are listening, even the women that might be listening. I pray that this helps clarify some thoughts about handing over the issues of our past struggles or current ones because of the anxiety that we can get from it to hand it to you. Casting all our cares upon you I lay all my burdens before you. Lord, help all of us to do that. Because it is hard. The values are getting deeper and harder to get through because the culture's changing. And we really need to know that there's other men that are, and even for the women, other women that love you so much that they want to see us succeed and grow in our faith. Bring those men into our lives to encourage us, to build us up, to charge us, to give us accountability, to remind us who you are, Lord, in our daily walk. I pray, Lord, that we start seeing men grow in their churches, start leading in their churches, and start seeing men's groups come out of all this transforming their churches because they're praying men they're men wanting to stand firm in the faith they're walking in truth they are not sitting back they're not staying quiet and they're speaking up so that their church is walking in truth and i pray this in jesus name amen you guys have a blessed week and i will see you next time god bless